0: What's going on guys, welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold but the takes are hot. Today we got our first actual episode for y'all, a lot to unfold today, and we got a list of stuff kind of to discuss.
1: I'm your co-host, Brett Yates. I'm co-host Brady Wooten, so we'll kind of overview the episode real quick, go over some golf, obviously the MLB lockout, I don't think anyone's excited about that. NBA, NCAA baseball just got started up, and we're going to be... Real hunted on that since the MLB decided to cancel games because Rob Manfred's a clown. Uh, NCAA basketball, we've got March Madness coming up, so that's gonna be real exciting. Uh, you know, betting lines maybe, come time yeah. to that. Yeah. Uh, NFL Combine's the big one right now. It's actually going on right now live while we're recording. Super excited about that. And then we kind of got a couple loose ends, a couple random stuff to tie in at the end. It's uh, something we we're interested in, but if uh, Brett wants to get us going here with golf. Uh, he's the bigger golf guy than I am, so let we'll him talk about the golf that's going on right now.
0: Yeah, so this weekend we got the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. Rory is currently in the lead after day one at 7-under. And last weekend, actually, was the Honda Classic, where Sepp Straka won at 10-under with one of his first wins on tour. And this weekend, uh, last year, Bryson DeChambeau actually won, but he can't defend his title because... He's dealing with some nagging injuries, and he hopes he can get back in the coming weeks. Uh, next weekend, we got the Players Championship, which is the biggest non-major in golf throughout the year. It's at TPC Sawgrass in Florida, and Justin Thomas won it last year, so he'll he will look to defend his title.
1: We know if uh, Brooks will be back for that, or is he still dealing with that that
0: injury he's got? I I don't think he'll be back. I think he got injured and he can't. Oh, and
1: he re-injured when he was going through his rehab, or, yeah, I think yeah. he I think or something. He tweaked or something like paid. that. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I'm well, looking forward to it. I think next week will be, a I mean, big. All the best guys will be playing for the most part that are healthy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and hopefully in the coming months we'll
1: get to see Tiger again. Maybe. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, he doesn't need to. He's got nothing else to prove. Yeah. I mean, that that Masters that he won was it last year? No, two years ago. Twenty nineteen. Two years ago now. Yeah. That was flying. Um, I mean, he doesn't have anything else. Anything else to prove. I hope he can return just, just so he can golf, because that's what he loves to do. But Yeah. Um, you know, he ain't got a lot to prove. His son's kind of, though. Charlie's pretty cold. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll kind of move into the MLB lockout or MLB news. Um, unfortunately, the MLB decided to come up with their best and quote final offer. Um, really, no budging in terms of what the players were asking for. Um, didn't want to raise the competitive. Balance tax at all, which the the league or I guess the players' association wanted to. uh, Not much on minimum salaries. They came in fifty percent below what players wanted in minimum increase per year. Um, Kind of disappointing. Uh, You know, the league put out a statement uh, saying that the fans were at the forefront of their of their concerns and their objective. I guess which I don't understand how that's true. That's not. Um, You know, I, I don't think there's a single fan. Hardcore baseball fan or not, that wants to see baseball get get pushed back like this. It, yeah. It's terrible for the sport. I thought they were in a good spot at the end of the season. I mean, the Braves, a team that were t- awful come trade deadline, made a bunch of moves, got hot at the right time. Uh, you know, beat my Dodgers, which it's okay. I mean, like I said, they got hot at the right time. That that's that's baseball. That, that's postseason baseball. Uh, they get hit, they get hot at the right time, and you know, it was. I thought it was really good for the sport um, that a non favorite one, um, you know, with Tatis, Trout, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, big, the big names that everyone knows, Otani for sure, it, yeah. it was in a great spot, and I feel like Manfred's done, Manfred and the owners, I mean, I can't let the owners off, off the hook either, they have done horrible things to baseball, and it's, it's ruining the game, and, um, for a game, for a league and for a game that's declining rapidly in terms of young viewers, and seeing what the NFL's doing, uh, to gain to garner viewership of younger the younger generation, um, it's just kind of a grim outlook. I'm really hoping they can come to some sort of agreement and not have to cancel too much of the season. If I had to put a guess on it, I'm betting they play 120 and have canceled 40 games. I just want to see the league and the players come to an agreement. Uh, the players know what they should do. They're staying firm on their on their beliefs, what they think's best for the game. You know, I don't think the owners are are the ones out there. You know, throwing pitches, taking at bats, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, they're not the ones busting their ass all offseason, getting ready for the for the season just to. To cancel it i think that's that that's the part that's upsetting to me at least
0: yeah it is really frustrating for all the fans out there i mean at the end of the day it is millionaires versus billionaires and the millionaires being the players so the players can only do so much i mean all yeah. the power is in the owners and man frauds hands and i didn't like his comment either about how they're kind of tough in the money situation right now no, they're not before the pandemic hit they're the revenue for the MLB increased for ten consecutive years, so I just don't understand that comment. And also, through a lot of people, if early. Rob,
1: if Rob Manfred thinks that 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 the MLB was the only organization operating in a loss, in, to any capacity during COVID, I, I don't know what to say about that. I think everybody, nearly yeah. every every large business, yeah, I mean every corporation, took yeah, to, every large every large business, whether they be you know, a, a Fortune 500 company traded publicly or they'd be a small business. Everyone struggled for the most part during COVID. That was the nature of, of COVID. Yep. Individuals struggled. So, if, I don't think it's fair for them to pull the COVID card and, and while the millionaires versus billionaires, it, it is, but in the same breath, like, it's also not millionaires. It's, it's guys who are, I think what's getting overlooked and it's always been overlooked and the players are fighting really hard for it is the guys in the minor leagues, the guys who were kind of up and down, fringe major leaguers, um, even kind of journeymen, guys that are everyday players that bounce around teams every every few years. I mean, not all these guys are making millions of dollars. Granted, if they're smart with their money in the majors, if they're an everyday guy, they should be making a lot of money. But not everyone's making Mike Trout, Mookie Betts money. Yep. That kind of thing. So um I'm I'm very happy that the players are fighting for the minor league guys. I think mean, minor league mental health is a huge thing. Um needs to be addressed. And it it's been addressed, but I'm glad they're they're fighting for that. But I guess Kind of move towards a more positive, positive view on the podcast, and so then we'll go to the NBA a little bit. Um, get some good news come out of Brooklyn, I guess, Yeah. if you want to hit on that good real Good news
0: for the Nets fans. Uh, Kevin Durant, after missing 21 games with a sprained MCL, is going to return tonight against the Heat. They play the Heat in Brooklyn. And um, there's seven games on the slate tonight. I think we end with the battle of the L.A. teams at 9 uh, Central time. We got a lot going on in the NBA Uh Certain teams have gotten better after the All-Star break, and certain have kind of fallen off. I know, being a Spurs fan, traded away a lot of guys I didn't think we'd play as well as we have after the break, but we've turned it around. Um, hopefully we can get to a play-in somehow. But I like what Golden State's doing right now. I mean, Phoenix is kind of keeping their distance from them in the standings. They've kind of been six, seven games in front of them for about a few mm-hmm. weeks now. Just Phoenix was so hot. Yeah. Um And I like... Uh, the Mavs too. It's tough being a Spurs. The Mavs are rivals, but I like what the Mavs are doing. They got a lot of good stuff going. I know some Mavs fans on Twitter are kind of upset with the moves they made, but I think they're trending in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I and back to Brooklyn a little bit. I I'm I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I'm really curious to see how that team looks. You know, when they get Ben back, when they get Katie on the floor, that whole group together. Um. I mean, right now, if I had to pick, they're my team out of the East. I know Philly looks really good. Um, it's just hard to pick against KD, honestly, in the finals, or in the Eastern Conference Finals, rather, which is probably where they'll see each other. I know, I think Miami is top of the East right now, yeah. with Chicago is two, I, I think. Chi- yeah, I mean, Chicago's, Chicago's finally getting it. healthy. Um, but I really think Brooklyn can come out of the East. They're going to have a tough draw, Get probably going to get Miami or Chicago in the first round. But again, that team's so talented. That their poor record is more of an indication of, I guess I, I I forgot to mention Kyrie. Not having Kyrie, I mean yeah, lack, it, lack of health. Yeah, lack of health, lack of uh, immunization, or vaccination for Kyrie. And uh, the whole deal with Harden and stuff. Yeah, but I think that once that if that if they can get, you know, 10, 20 – the hard thing is going to be is if they can gel quick enough, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's going to be interesting. If I guess if I had to go out of the West, um, I
0: could see Memphis making a run. Yeah, it, I really like what they're doing. Jaron
1: Jackson can get can get. Hot down the stretch, they could be dangerous. Um, but Golden State's also hard to hard to bet against in the playoffs. Uh, again, they've had some health issues this year. Obviously, Clay's getting back, but um, no. I think NBA parity's high right now, uh, so it should be really interesting come playoff time. I know we're kind of hitting the stretch here in, in March, um, and we'll kind of get the playoffs here pretty soon. But
0: yeah, this is where the MLB season gets real good, along with college. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah, I like where the. Teams are. I mean, especially Chicago. I like Chicago. Um, I think they could make a run as well.
1: They got. They got. They got the best. Hot take. Best defend. Best defending guard in the league. Alex Caruso. Cool point. Uh, quit, quit playing with the goat. Come on. I don't know about that.
0: Quit playing but, with the goat. i don't know about that. Um,
1: hey, Dejounte hey, nice. So I'll give you that. Dejounte yeah, is yeah,
0: nice. I like Dejounte. Good. But, but yeah, I mean, I think I'll take experience. Over mm-hmm. young, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs, talent in the playoffs, and that's where I lean towards Golden State. Maybe if some <laughs> other team like Phoenix has good bit of experience, I could see this being their year. Especially
1: last year's experience should it should, and it probably will really help them down the stretch in the playoffs. Um, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Uh Rockets are still pretty bad. <laughs> Thunder kind of suck. <laughs> Hey, hey, those
1: picks are coming, though. Them picks is coming in, though. Yeah, they got
0: like 11, 12 first-round picks in the next five years. Yeah.
1: I know we're talking about defensive guards. Neither one of those guys is Malik Wilson. I'm just going to say it now. Yeah. They're, neither of them are Malik Wilson. No, it's, but they're not. Um, well, I guess we'll talk about the MLB a little bit. We'll pivot to what's really going on in baseball, which is NCAA baseball, which is pure. I I, yeah, I love NCAA baseball. All these guys are, are balling. Um, yeah, it's very underrated, I think. Yeah. And I'm glad. I guess the one bright side, if you want to take a positive outlook from the MLB lockout, is that college baseball should get a lot of love, um, well deserved love that doesn't usually get. I wish ESPN would do a little better job covering it. Yeah, ESPN
0: um, has a few questionable,
1: but they're questionable in a lot of the aspects. So yeah. I, you know, um, but I'm looking forward to college baseball getting started. Um, you want to start us off with kind of some surprises across the nation early. I know there's been. Some not surprises with kind of Texas being dominant, uh, Vanderbilt looking good, but so some definitely some surprises across the nation. If you want to kind of touch on that first, yeah, definitely. I think my dad's alma mater, where my family's from, I think
0: University of Maryland's seven and zero right now. I think they've really shocked a lot of people. They swept Baylor in Waco, which see, is a, very a surprising. good seven, a quality seven. Yeah, schedule, it, it is a very quality seven and zero. They're they've shot up the rankings. They're at twenty one right now, and I could see them moving up a little more. I don't know if they keep this pace for even half the season, but I really like what they're doing. They have two really good pitchers that are new to the team that have done really well so far. They both have an ERA under two, and I'm, just, I'm impressed with them. They've really shocked me. I was looking at the rankings, and not only because I have a family connection, but they're just a team that's on there that isn't really a perennial baseball school, mm-hmm. and I really like what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I'll i kind of I'll kind of go back on that um a little bit with surprising teams, not necessarily a surprising team, but a surprising contribution from uh, NC State. Tommy tanks. Mm-hmm. Talk about a guy who's just smacking the hell out of the ball right now. Um, feels like he's on rookie mode in the show, and he's just cranked up the sliders and he's he's putting everything out right now. He's got what oh, yeah. thirty three or thirty one RBIs as of
0: yeah nine games two days ago or got, like eight games nine homers nine
1: home runs that's absurd and, like thirty RBIs. Um, I mean, again, true freshman. Uh, so it, everyone knew NC State was going to be good for different reasons. They're supposed to have a good pitcher this year, but getting the contribution like that in run production is is absurd. Something I wish the Red Raiders get a little more of. But um, yeah, it's crazy. He's a freshman too. It's 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 pretty impressive. Just the instant impact. Um, I don't know where he's from. Maybe he's from around the area. But again, going to going to a new place, a new college, um, and they and they've played a decent schedule. It's not like they're playing a bunch of bums it's not like they've got a four-game set with Merrimack coming up this weekend. Sure. So, <laughs> I um, down. yeah, but I, it's a quality schedule. It's a quality, quality, uh, addition for them. So again, I, 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 he won't keep it up. I hope he does. Cause it would be absolutely electric if he could keep up even a fraction of the pace. It'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then if you kind of, I guess we can kind of pivot over to some surprising, disappointing teams early on in the season. Yeah. Um, if you want to hit that first, you can. Yeah, a few teams
0: have disappointed me, but I think none more than Mississippi State. It's just kind of got to be deflating to them to have a preseason top five ranking. Coming off national title, I mean, one of the best World Series finals in recent memory. But, I mean, they lost two of three to Long Beach State off the bat. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, Long Beach State was ranked 24th or 25th, but losing two of three there... And they've dropped a couple more re- since then, mm. and I just they haven't really come around. Their pitching's kind of lacking, other than Landon Sims. I feel but, bad
1: for Landon Sims because he had a he pitched a gem. It was a, what it was. We were at the games in Dallas. Uh, yeah, pitched what eight innings, I believe like, like, so, yeah. double-digit Ks, and they lost like 2-0 mm-hmm. two, or something like that, or one zero.
0: Yeah, their offense really hasn't done anything outside Lack-luster, of one game. Sure.
1: But,
0: um, just disappointing. I mean. They got a lot of guys coming back and they're a good team and I just they'll find their groove soon. But. Yeah, I mean listen, they've
1: got a lot of talent. They'll find they'll find it eventually.
0: Yeah. Um, what, do, kinda, what are you thinking? You got someone?
1: I was yeah, I'll I'll kind of come right up off the off the back end, uh, with <laughs> what you just said about Mississippi State losing the first two to Long Beach State. Long Beach State's pre preseason ranked, uh, top twenty five. They beat Mississippi State the first two games. They drop the third game, which that's fine. That, that, that's a, a series one for them. Mm-hmm. Um, then they come out in their first home series against Sac State and get swept. Disappointing. That, that's my disappointing team is, I, it's, is, you know, Long Beach State, man, that's awesome. They go out and they beat Mississippi yeah. State 2-1, to one, and they go get swept at home. And then they lose a game to UC, a preseason ranked UCLA. Um, granted, they're probably the best, one of the best baseball programs in the Pac-12, them mm-hmm. in Arizona. Um, but man, that just talk about a, a highs and lows, right you 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 take the first two from the defending champs um and you take the you beat their best pitcher, yep. you know you outdo them in a pitching duel, and then you you drop three straight to Sac State, yeah Sacramento state, I guess really is the the full confusing but yeah, I just uh I'll go there with my disappointing team. i was uh like I said, very impressed to that they won those two games and then they go get soaked at home. It is kind of embarrassing for them, um, but again, they're, they're talented. They're preseason ranked for a reason. They'll, they'll find their groove. Um, but I guess speaking of talented teams finding their groove, Texas Tech starts out in Dallas, or I guess in Arlington, rather, uh, at, at Globe Life Field. Kind of a poor, poor performance. First game against Michigan. Shadowed Owen Washburn. Dude's a monster. True yeah, freshman. He's awesome. Uh, they sort out. They have to walk it off against Michigan, which Michigan's a good team. That's fine. Pitching underperfor- underwhelmed, under underperformed in that game.
0: Yeah,
1: and they come out and lay an egg offensively the next two games. Yeah, I was that game on Friday
0: playing Michigan. They're they're always a solid program, but our offense didn't really get going until the seventh inning, where we ended up walking off, like Brady mm-hmm. said. But our starting pitcher for the game, who we like to call Meatball Morris. <laughs> Throwing oh, man. Like 80 mile an hour right down Dro- the middle. Dropping that this early on the pod, huh? Oh, first yeah. Second, I am with it. I'm with it. Oh, yeah. Nah, his real name's Andrew, but he was a questionable <laughs> first two outings. Been throwing played, some meatballs, giving up a
1: few bombs. So
0: Yeah, I mean, Michigan's a solid team, and he played Kent State this past weekend, but both outings, I just really haven't seen it from him. He was a transfer. This is his fourth year in college, first year at Tech, out of Colorado Mesa. He's from Colorado, so that was just his home, kind of hometown school, and wanted to Play on a bigger stage here at Texas Tech, but I'm just kind of disappointed with the transition. I'm, he'll probably find his footing and improve, but it's just
1: a little disappointing. I'm I'm hoping he's like kind of a long relief bullpen. I mean, he's got he's either getting K's or he's or it's extra base hits or you know doubles off the wall or bombs, right? Yeah. Bullpen guy potentially. I feel like he's got some good bullpen potential. Um, granted, it's kind of a loaded bullpen this year for Tech. If you count Hampton as a reliever too, it's even more loaded. He's probably going to be your third starter though come regular season or yeah. it's regular season uh, conference play rather, um but yeah, the techs found their footing uh, at least offensively, they seem to have found their footing a little bit coming from weird places, you know credit to jace jace Young, what else can you do if you're going to get walked at the ratings and you walked at I'm not going to ask the guy to swing a four pitch, yeah, pitches. eleven walks so far, he's tied for the nation lead yeah. in that category, but which was expected i I figured he'd get walked a good amount, just considering what he can do at the plate yeah um. I'm just kind of disappointed. I mean, like Brady said, our offense
0: has come from some new faces. And if we – I guess we can go in chronological order here. I mean, we really didn't have any offense to start the season against Michigan Friday, February 18th. Until late. Until like the seventh inning. We scored like six or seven runs in the final three innings. And then we come back the next day and get one run against Auburn, who was the worst team. They're projected to finish 10th in their own conference at the SEC. It was just surprising because after how our offense looked against a better team in Michigan, we just kind of fell flat that next afternoon at a in Arlington.
1: Yeah, and it just I think it's a little disappointing that the run production again. I'm not. It's not Jace. You're getting. I'm not asking the guy to yeah. swing at three O pitches. It balls on three O. I'm not asking to do that. Um, but guys like Cole Stillwell. I mean, he really, really productive offensive player last year. Um, had Dylan Carter. I guess at home he's looked great. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it's been crazy. Just hit or miss on some of those guys, Between right? his home and away Kurt, Kurt Wilson,
1: too. I mean, he's a guy who, returner, really good really good guy at the plate. Uh, utility player for them last year. Looks like he's going to slot in at shortstop yeah, this he's year when playing, it's all said and done. He, he looks really good there. every game. I mean, he made a few gems. Glove looks great. This yeah. past
0: weekend in our home series against Kent State. And I've just been impressed with Kurt's consistency. I mean, mm-hmm. he was hot in Arlington the yeah. – kickoff tournament, and I just think, you know, we got a lot of young guys. Owen Washburn leads the team in an average around 400. He's a freshman. Could see him moving up in the order. hope he does sooner than later. Yeah. Um, another guy, Coleman, he's a fourth-year guy. Ty he Coleman, spent the GOAT. three years at Texas A&M. Shout-out, Coleman. Shout-out. And I'm really impressed he's come around. He would have had a home run when Tech went to Dallas Baptist on Tuesday if they didn't have a high wall. Um, but he has two homers, and three doubles, four doubles this year so far. Yep. Which is impressive. He's 5'7". He's the smallest kind of stocky guy on the team. And he's just coming to bat in that four hole as a DH. Not going to play second base much when you have Jace at that spot. But he's, he's doing his job, and he's really performed well, I think, this year.
1: By the way, Coleman, best hair on the team. That mullet is oh, yeah. sick. It's an incredible mullet. I fully support the hairstyle on guys that can pull it off. He definitely can. Uh, it's a sweet look for him, and it's de- I think it's helping the the batting performance. Uh, Got gotcha. to. He's been clutch though. I mean, think about the game he had two homers against DBU. They're down almost the whole game. I guess sorry, the home game against DBU last week. Yep. They're down most of the game, uh, and he comes up clutch in the late in the innings, and then same thing. What was it? Saturday? Yeah. No. Sun. Sat. Sunday. Yep. Game against Kent State. I mean, we're down big, right? He he, down most of the game again. Uh, comes up big late, puts out a three-run bomb to put us up 7-5, to five yeah. and, and then early bid for Closure of the Year, Trenton Parrish comes in, slams the door shut. The guy's
0: a monster. Hey, he's also tied for the nation lead in something. Yeah. He has he's four saved. saves. He has four saves, right? Yeah. Yep. And he's just – he's performed well. Freshman, kind of out of a small town in Texas, didn't have many big offers. Tech was his biggest offer, and – He's really performed well this year. I could see him really becoming that lockdown closer that mm-hmm. we put out there every game. Because if you're only pitching one inning, you can pitch every game in a series and be just fine. I mean, in the opening home game against Dallas Baptist, he pitched four innings. So he's definitely got that stamina when he can yeah.
1: pitch half a game. And and if they need it, we we'll still need it eventually. Birdsell will have a, a, a decent outing or a poor outing. It's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. These guys are humans. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, Parrish, I mean, his, his gas... He's he's pumping 96, 97, 98, warming up. Yep. It's impressive. He's got really good command of it, which I think is impressive. Um,
0: oh, yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, but I, I think the pitching's, I guess overall, overarching, overarching arching statement early in the season. Pitching's overperformed. Yep. Bats have underperformed a little bit. Morris, I guess we didn't know where we were going to get with him. It was going to be a mixed bag. Again, maybe old meatball Morris gets back to Andrew Morris here pretty soon. Hopefully soon. Yep. Um, he's I'm- He's pitching – tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, should go tomorrow. To We've got night. a home
0: game tomorrow night, so hopefully he gets back on track and kind of rights the ship against yeah. a low-quality team. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Put though. it lightly. Low-quality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> putting it lightly. But hopefully our bats can get back on track, too. I know, like Brady just said, our bats have kind of underperformed and gotten off to a slow start on the season, but I think they're bound to turn it around. I mean, Jace is hitting about 200, which is kind of surprising, yeah. and a few other guys. I mean, I think there's only three guys on the team hitting over 300, so I think we'll turn it around. You know, shout out Parker Kelly. He's sitting at the bottom of the lineup. Walks up with that gospel music, and he, he's <laughs> he's you getting, you just feel it in your up. veins. I mean, oh man, he laid down a bunt down the third base line and beat out the throw. A big fellow too. he got them long strides. He'd be he moving. does. Yeah, he does. But he looks good. He looks. I mean, incredible glove as always he's in incredible. the field. Um. The bat's coming around. It's looked a lot more improved than last year. I don't know if he got like LASIK or something, but <laughs> hey, he, hey, he, hey, maybe, you know, maybe maybe he's got new
1: contacts. He may knows. have,
0: he may have, but he looks real good. Um, he looked good in the inner squads too. Yeah, uh,
1: early in the early, like it was in November. Yeah, yeah November. November. Uh, looked good in the inner squads. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud. I'm proud of Parker. He's <laughs> his, his average is around 200, but it's improved from like realistically like the point like the point oh nine six last year. He was back. Yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, he's he's got. Some more hits
1: coming his way. He's, he's gotten robbed on a few hits this
0: year. I know he had a couple, three pop flies this season to the warning track, which is for those casual baseball fans. It's like the fifteen feet or so just before. It's the that wall dirt right in the it, outfield. Yeah,
1: right where the dirt and the gra- the grass goes out to the dirt. Right separates the, the grass and the outfield yes. wall. Yeah, that's the warning track. Yep. Um. Yeah, and and I think the real, I mean, heartwarming thing about the team, Mason Molina. Talk about the freshman coming in. And and looking really good, um, put in some really good outings. Obviously, you knew you're gonna have Birdsell, but haven't seeing Molina pitch that well and knowing you're gonna have him this year is really helpful. Um, I thought they pulled. I thought they pulled him early, too early. Both yep. both outings. Both they, of his. They pulled outings him early. To start
0: his college career. He went four innings in the game beautifully against Arizona.
1: Yeah, which
0: is a tall task. I mean, Arizona was ranked fifteenth; we were fourteenth at the time.
1: And they're a high—they're a high-quality program. Yeah, they they won—they won a Natty. They're very good.
0: And Molina's first ever college start pitches four innings, pretty solid. And he went back out for a second start this past Sunday against Kent State. He went three innings, almost perfect. I mean, he had—he had
1: what? It was. Seven Ks through nine, or sorry, seven, seven K's, Ks through three through three innings, through three innings and oh. had one hit and one walk, I believe. And then they go in the fourth. He walks one batter, and they pull him. Yeah, well, I don't, that
0: guy gives up a five spot, so you know that's great. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed in Sanders there coming in relief and just giving him meatballs. I don't. We don't have a nickname for him yet, but I'm sure it'll be one in the coming days. Yeah. But yeah, I really like what I see from Molina. Not a guy that's been talked about a lot as like kind of our fourth starter, maybe Mm -hmm. to go into the season. But I really like him a lot. He's pitched well when he's got an opportunity. I think Tadlock should give him a little longer leash Mm -hmm. and let him kind of work through any adversity that he might face in a any given inning. I mean, if you walk a guy, you can't just pull him because you let a guy on base. I mean, no one's gonna pitch. Perfect game. And if right I remember alone, correctly,
1: it was it wasn't like a three wasn't
0: a four pitch walk.
1: Yeah. It was a decent at bat.
0: Yeah, um, no, I think he had him at one two, and then ended up walking him with a couple foul balls. I mean, that's a good at bat. I mean, when you strike out as many guys as he did, I mean, he recorded nine outs and seven of them were by way of a strikeout. When you have that many strikeouts, your pitch count's going to get up there. I get you can't go eight innings, seven innings like some starters will, but at least let him go like five, maybe six. I think he can get there under a hundred pitches, and I really think that hopefully like i said tablock lets him go a little longer here in his next
1: few outings and against inferior opponents or at least let him work through the walk get at if he walks another guy who gets a base hit fine pull him he hit the he hit the hit the pitch count threshold let him go yep. but let him work through a batter right you know unless they've seen something imp- again we're not privy to all the information that they have about these guys pitch counts that they're tracking so much data we don't even know so i guess assuming they 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 must have a reason for pulling him then i hope they don't i hope they let him work through some batters. Um, what I really hope that what I really hope that happens here
0: in this upcoming series against Merrimack, we got a four-game set tomorrow night, Friday, uh, night game, and then we got a doubleheader Saturday, and then one game Sunday. I hope they pitch Molina tomorrow night. I think him and Birdsell are two best options to start the game off, and we have a tough series against Mississippi State. As well, and I want Molina and Birdsell to hopefully be those two starters against Mississippi State. Uh, regardless of how Mississippi State has been this year so far, they're still an incredible team, and at any given moment, they can beat anyone. So I think we got to put our two best guys out there and hope our offense can match theirs.
1: Absolutely, I I agree, I, wholeheartedly. Plus, I think it'd be a good experience for Molina. It's a true freshman, yeah. going to be here at least two more years unless they maybe change their draft rules. I don't think they're going to. I doubt um, they will. You know, I would love to see him get some hard-earned. Maybe he gets knocked knocked around a little bit, gives up a few runs, but let him. It's a it's a perennial top ten team. It's the defending champs. Let him let him build some adversity. Yeah, let I him mean, fight a little bit. You shouldn't be favored
0: in either of those games, and mm-hmm. especially when you put out a true freshman. I mean, but let him get the
1: experience because he's yeah. gonna he's gonna need to be a two years from now. They may be in Omaha and they may need him. them you know he may be the guy. He may be the ace. Yeah. Let him get the experience against a really good team. This at young, I mean, it ain't gonna hurt him. He's gonna be fine. It ain't to He's nineteen years old. He'll be yeah, fine. 18,
0: 19. What Brady's yeah. referencing is Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. Yes, that's sorry. where the College World that. Series is each season. So the way college playoffs, I guess, work, I'll just address this right now. Yeah, you have to basically so you play a bunch of non-conference games most of the time against lesser opponents if you're a Power Five school, meaning mm-hmm. in the Power Five conferences, Big Ten. Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, SEC ACC. ACC. yep, And then you play series against each, at least for the Big 12, it's each team in your conference. And you alternate each year where you play. So, like, let's say this year we play UT at home last year, and next year we're going to play UT in Austin. And then the year following will be back in Lubbock. Yeah. Yep. So each, you play each team for a three-game series in conference play and then based on your final ranking you go to a regional where
1: you host if you're good, if you're a top 16 seed you go to a regional your team will you're if you're a top 16 team your team your school will host that regional so right. Lubbock hosted they were the 8 seed they hosted a regional last year i believe it was Army UCLA and UNC UCLA yeah UCLA UNC yep. and Army right yep. yeah those three added with Texas Tech of course so those four teams come to Lubbock I guess three teams come to Lubbock. The four teams play. And then Supers is the top eight seeds. So Tech went on to go undefeated
0: in that regional last year. And staying at the eight seed, the top eight seeds, like Brady said, host a super regional where only 16 teams get to play in. Well, isn't it? The top eight seeds get to host, and they each host one team for a series. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we hosted the nine seed, Yeah, eight versus nine. We hosted Stanford, and they have a couple incredible all-around players. But what got us the worst was the pitching. I mean, their two pitchers both had the best outings of the year against us.
1: Dude went in game – so it's a three-game series. We lose game one. That's fine. Game two, Stanford pitcher goes nine innings, 126 pitches, and it was like 13 Ks. Yep. Best part is next outing in the in Omaha in the War series lays an absolute egg. It just a dud of an outing.
0: Yeah, you, sucked it up. He couldn't find any groove in Omaha, but it it just sucked. It was unfortunate for the Red Raiders and yeah. a little bit locals too.
1: Tough, yeah. tough loss there.
0: But. Hopefully, we get back on track. I know we got kind of this is kind of a transition year between the young guys coming in, the old guys kind of a lot of guys in their final year, mm-hmm. being fifth years, and Jace being gone after three years due to the MLB, but. I think next year will be good. We'll have – we have a lot of good recruits coming in. I know we landed a Dallas Baptist freshman who's a transfer, so he can't play till next year. But between him, Hudson White, Owen Washburn, Ty Coleman, I think we got a lot of good guys next year, and I'm looking forward to it. And that's not even including the pitchers. Trevor
1: Conley too. Can't yeah. forget him. Cal Kellings on your brother. Uh, hoping to see Trevor get some at-bats in this four-game set. I
0: hope so. The only time you see him is when he's catching the start of inning when Hudson just doesn't have his gear on yet. But yeah. Hope he can come out in the field, but I get Tad. Tim Tadlock is kind of leading, leaning towards letting those older guys play.
1: Um, Plus, it's a it's a crowded infield too, yeah, which is what is. Trevor does. Other than catch, it's crowded catch room with Cole catching sometimes. Crowded infield when you got Parker, who's basically a, a gold glove if that was a thing in college. He's a gold glover, uh, Jace, top five pick, probably yep. the best hitter in college baseball. I
0: hope I hope Cole comes back here, and I, I gave him a nickname of
1: Cold. Cold because uh, he's listen, yeah. he'll get going. He'll get right. He's he will. Really get really powerful hitter just in a slump. That's gonna happen. I'd listen, I'd rather him slump now than what happened last year when the whole offense slumped in the Supers. Yep. I think I think a lot of guys will find their
0: ways offensively this weekend yep. and in the coming weeks. For sure. Yeah.
1: Before our conference
0: play starts up where we host U T. But I think Cole this is his fourth year, all have been at tech. I think he should come back next year, fifth year. I mean, we have seven guys on the roster that are in their fifth year right now. And I think he'll have, if he doesn't have a big enough role now, I think he'll have even a bigger role as a vocal leader. Especially with Jace gone next year, yeah, especially with Jace gone. You're losing Jace, Parker, Cody Masters hasn't played yet, but he's a fifth year. Uh, Easton Morrell, Birdsell will be gone. Morris is his fourth year. He could come back. Portal Hit hit the portal. Probably not. But we're losing a lot of guys, and I think – Cole could really take that next step. He could still this year. I mean, we just started. We still have, like, 50 games left. But I could really see next year if he comes back, hitting that next year and kind of mm-hmm. taking the reins of this team.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, I guess we'll kind of transition
1: college basketball years being a lot of fifth-year guys. Uh, Tech's got ton of fifth-year guys. A ton of super Sixth year, Sixth-year uh, guys. Sixth-year, so. yeah. Same deal. Yep. Um.
0: Yeah, I'm really re- impressed with the uh, basketball roster so far. Yeah. You When last April, should I say April 2021, when Chris Beard left for UT, he left a massive hole that was Texas Tech men's basketball, and a lot of guys entered the transfer portal, Mm -hmm. and we only had five guys on the roster at one point, and none of those guys were that impactful to the team and had never really had a role in the program, so we were pretty much dead in the water. Yeah, I mean no expectations for the team after being really good the year before. Yeah. And he wanted Mark Adams, his assistant, kind of defensive guru. But he ain't get on
1: the plane, baby. He, he, he ain't he get on the plane. He didn't,
0: want to, he didn't want to follow him to UT. He ain't get on the he, he, he plane. He wanted to stay. Uh, Beard told him that he would not be a head coach, and he said, eat this. And <laughs> I'll put it like that. He said, eat this. Yeah. And he became the head coach, and he has flourished this year. I mean, First year since 1996, I believe, that Tech has yep. gone undefeated at home. Mm-hmm. 18-0. I think they, I mean, I'll I'll put it the way Bryson does. We got the best fans in the country. I mean, there's, <laughs> no, time, there's no two ways to put it. You go to a Tech home game and it's electric. Um, really wouldn't miss it for anything. I made mm-hmm. a point to go to every home game. I mean, we were out of town for the non-conference games over break, but it's just, So exciting when you can go to a home game and your team's good. And we got a lot of guys transfer in. Like Brady said, we got a lot of fifth-year, sixth-year guys like Bryson that really took that leadership role. And having all those guys come in and not have any chemistry together really helped this team rather than hurt because they all built that chemistry at the same time. Whereas no one had chemistry before. Mm -hmm. I guess McCuller and TJ did, but they kind of built that and expanded the chemistry throughout the whole roster. And it's really allowed some guys that maybe would not have had as big a role on this team this year to have a big role, and really there was no one on the team, maybe a couple guys, but that you wouldn't want to have out there in the waning minutes where the game was on the line and you had to trust someone. I mean, a lot of the top teams in college basketball, you think of the top teams, and they all have one or two guys that you can like call out, this dude's going to be a star in the NBA, this dude's going to be top ten pick. Tech is that one team that you kind of, don't know. You There's, you could
1: you could get fifteen plus from from like six different guys. Yeah, I mean, on any given night.
0: I think this year we've gotten fifteen plus from
1: maybe God. six, seven guys. I mean, it's what? You need, Kev, Ko, Bryson. Sorry, I, I'll go. I'll go full names. Kevin McCuller Jr., Bryson Williams, Kevin O'Banner, Terrence Shannon Jr., Adonis Arms, Davion Warren, Malik, Malik, Malik. Wilson definitely given a fifteen point outing. That's Clarence seven guys. Has gotten it. Claren- yep, Clarence in that first Baylor game, Clarence and I mean, that's eight guys that's get, that's, that are giving you.
0: No other team's doing that. No. And, I mean, Tech won't have anyone drafted this year, but it's just crazy to think about how a it's team the depth. That's, that's so new depth. Um, has flourished to this mm-hmm. extent this season. it's really spoken to all the guys' experience, yeah. being whether it be KO and Oral Roberts' Sweet 16 run last year or Bryson's experience playing at Fresno State and then UTEP. I mean, all these guys have been down a different path, and it's led them to where they are today and Mm -hmm. given them experience that we need to, I believe, be successful in March Madness, which we'll kind of transition into. But I'm just, I think Tech is kind of a team where if they're not playing in Lubbock, you don't really know what to expect. It's a mixed bag. Everything kind of goes down a little bit, Mm -hmm. whether it be defensive efficiency, offensive efficiency, shot selection. You know, whatever it is, I think... Tech is still unsure of the team they are on the road, and that's what concerns me, I think, for the March Madness, where they'll probably end up a three seed. Whatever region they end up in, I think they have a good shot to go to the Elite Eight, maybe Final Four. But it's just all about the home court advantage, what fran- how many fans do they draw to their games, which should be the majority. But I just I don't know what to expect from them in the tournament because of how up and down and how big of a discrepancy there was between their home record of 18 and0 and their road record slash neutral record where they lost all six of their games this season um so I just I want to see them do well but I just don't know what to expect
1: yeah I think it's frustrating because they're they've been such a, a drastically different team on the road in conference play I don't know if I'm gonna I, I'm not gonna count some of those neutral site games early in Gonzaga Tennessee Providence I guess Providence is one way of game but Mm-hmm. I like think how those early games, just because I think we can both agree there was probably a visible like moment click of that whole group going, okay, we we're, we have chemistry now, we're rolling. And I think it was that Kansas game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Granted, no no Kev or TJ, but uh, the first Kansas game, rather January eighth in Lubbock, there was they finally figured out how to play together, and um, and I'll say they've tended to play down to their opponent's level. But in that same sense, they've also played their best basketball against the best teams. It took a a thirty point night from him in a miracle three to beat us in yeah, Lawrence I mean, in Lawrence, in the fog. Tech was down or Tech was up by five with a minute left in overtime mm-hmm. and just and they hold sold on to the lead. It just, you know, the foul foul up three late. They lost a championship on that to Virginia in that's, 2019.
0: That's what we're talking about, where Kansas is that one of those teams that has one guy. Yeah. It kind of takes over when the game's on the line, and that's in Ubaj who might win National Player of the Year, yeah. also known as the Wooden Award. But, I mean, every team has that guy that's really good, and you just got to figure out how to contain him, and that's what will win you the game. And I feel like we've done a good job of that this year, whether it be yeah. against you know any kind of team of any level.
1: They certainly have. I mean, even like you look at the Gonzaga game, back before they were kind of really in their group, Held held Gonzaga's top guys to low scoring out, outputs for the whole season. I mean, Drew Timmy didn't have a great game. Chet didn't have a great game. Um, just that kind of deal, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know what to expect from Gonzaga. No, I man. Granted, I don't know what to expect from the country. Yeah. I mean, the and it's I love it. The parity has been all over the place. I Unmatched. mean, matched. What was it L- last weekend? Seven top ten teams lose, and all six top six teams lose. Yeah. It's incredible. Never happened before. Never happened before. Yeah, I
0: feel like March Madness started in February this year. Shoot,
1: January. Uh, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been so up and down all year. Uh, I think Arizona's probably the best team in the country right now, as it stands. Yeah, that might be. Come tournament time, it's probably Kentucky when they get fully healthy. I think Kentucky is my pick right now to win it all. I know yeah.
0: preseason, <laughs> UCLA and Kansas were my finals mm-hmm. teams. But UCLA's fallen off, and... <clears throat> Kansas kind of, you don't know what to expect from them. They just dropped one to TCU, who they host tonight. And I just, I don't know what to expect. I'd say Kentucky is my team right now, or Duke, just because they have the pedigree and they have the experience and they just, they know what to expect in and
1: out. And yeah, just the and experience is unmatched. They've both got a guy. They've got a guy. Yep. And that, I, I tend to bet on teams that have either, like Tech, a, a core group of older guys that are, to experience a lot of basketball, pressure moments when they're going to get to him or a team that's got a dude. Like, I, I was big on Oklahoma State this tournament last year because they had Cade. Uh, same with, the, like, USC with Evan Mobley. They have, those are the two best players in the country last year. They yeah. balled out. and um, So I, I think that's why I'm with you on Kentucky, and I think Duke, too. It, Coach K's last year. There's going to be some magic going on there. Coach K's last year. Uh, Paolo Bancaro I mean, he's he's still a bucket nevertheless um so uh, again though the parody's been crazy i have no i couldn't tell you who the final 14 is going to be I, I think the brackets are going to be awesome this year i think we have no clue what's going to happen uh, and, and i love that i absolutely love it
0: yeah i think a good percentage of brackets will be broken up in the first weekend yeah just because of how like Brady said it's just crazy this year and there's really no team that's taken over and just Really controlled.
1: No one's cemented themselves as a, as the best team in the country. And you can say Gonzaga, it's just hard to, to quantify yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and they when just dropped one. Well, it's hard when they're not playing any... Yeah, You can't really see if they've improved or not. And maybe... They I, they probably have. They're a well-coached team, all that stuff, but no. Um, I guess kind of moving towards what's happening currently, like literally right now. In yeah, we, got, we got on it TV. on the background. Today is day yeah, one. Of the NFL Combine. Super hyped about this. It's going to give us some something to work on, kind of. Food for thought, uh, before free agency hits. I mean, this is NFL. brought not a lot of all sports, NFL is like, it's our, that that's our level. domain, um, that kind of thing. So, I mean, that, that's our that's our thing. Like that that's bread and butter is the NFL. Yep, um, definitely. So, I guess we'll kind of get into it. If anyone doesn't know, the NFL Combine is, it's basically like a a giant workout. They they group it by by days, um, in position groups for each day. So. Like, today is running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends. And then they'll have – And tomorrow is LBs and defensive linemen. Today's tight ends. Tomorrow. But tomorrow. tomorrow. I know the last day is corners, corners – I guess DBs and yeah. special teamers. It's, I don't know yeah. what the middle
0: two days are. I think tomorrow is running backs O-line. Okay. And then they'll go to the defense for days three and four. I think yeah. each day it's on for, like, seven hours. Yeah. But I think – I mean – I love watching the Combine. It kind of bridges the gap between the Super Bowl and when free agency starts here in a couple of weeks. Um, having it in Indianapolis each year, all the athletes travel there and kind of get to hang with each other. And yeah. They do all these measurements and workouts, and it's kind of trying to boost their stock uh, for the draft that's at the end of April. But I know I got some guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing this week. What about you?
1: Yeah, I've got a few. I'll start off with a guy I- – Anybody who watched college football the last few seasons know this guy is. Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State. I don't think he's the best receiver on that team. I thought Garrett Wilson was in terms of this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably going to be the highest picked of the three yeah. when he goes next year. But Chris Olave, uh, kind of hard to get a read on the guy a little bit just because that offense is so good. We're looking forward to seeing him run. Actually should happen right in front of us in a few minutes. Yeah, about five, ten minutes. Yeah. Um, we're looking forward to seeing him run. He's been room to run on the four threes and his in his forty yard dash, which is really really good. Um, just curious to see how he moves, how he looks, that kind of thing. Uh, potential guy for the Chargers to draft if they go if they want to go receiver. Um, and then I guess I'll let bro. I guess we'll kind of go one by one here, if you guys. We want to see. I'll let, I'll let you. Yeah. Pick so a guy. Uh,
0: the Ravens, my team. If you if y'all didn't tune into the trailer, make sure you go do that. My team in the NFL is the Baltimore Ravens, and. A guy I'm looking forward to seeing this week is a position of need for the Ravens, and it's on the o line Charles Cross out of Mississippi state. He's played left tackle uh majority of the time, but I'm looking forward to seeing how he does how he tests what his measurements are, and kind of that'll kind of solidify where he could go in the draft and I would love for him to be there at fourteen when the Ravens are picking. Don't know how realistic it it is at this point, but I guess we'll have more of an idea after the combine's over mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, another guy. Uh, I I think is, should be the biggest position underneath the Chargers going into the draft, regardless of free agency. I don't see them making enough moves in the, in the defensive back room. Um, Trent McDuffie, Hard to watch tape on this guy because the only the only tape I could find is Oregon, Georgia, and UCLA, all teams that run the ball predominantly. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to see him in coverage. The word is that he's really really. I mean, he is really good in coverage. I just haven't got to see a full game of it. Would have loved to watch the Arizona State tape.
0: Harris a good tackler too.
1: Really good tackler. He's physical. Uh, he's a little sl- smaller guy, a little slender, um, but he's physical. So I'd like to see what he looks like in terms of athletic testing at the combine. Uh, Forty time, vertical, short area quickness is a big one that I'll kind of get to on another guy later. Um, just kind of agility. But I'm just looking forward to see what he tests at. Um, kind of see if I can find a spot to peg him at for the Chargers. Yeah. Whether or not I feel comfortable taking him at 17, I don't know how I feel about him and the other kind of the big three-grouping of corners that it's kind of been for the most part pre-draft. If mm-hmm. Stingley, another guy you're going to want to talk about in a minute, and Andrew Booth, Jr. So I, I want to see him athletically test. Uh, I feel like that could really boost his stock for me personally, I think, across uh, you know NFL draft space, uh, whether that be on Twitter or with NFL teams. Um, but yeah, just a guy I'm looking forward to see test a little bit.
0: Yeah, I've seen McDuffie fly up some boards recently, and another guy that I like. Same position group, uh, not quite a position of the need, of need for the Ravens, but just with how injury-prone the Ravens are, especially this past season, which is unprecedented, both of their high-caliber corners ended up getting injured, one being Marcus Peters, who was out for the entire season, and another one being Marlon Humphrey, who was out for the last five games or so. One guy that I'm interested in is Sauce Gardner. His real name is Ahmad, but nobody really knows him by that. He, everyone calls him sauce, as in, like, ketchup and tomato. and <laughs> Barbecue, yeah. Bar- yep, barbecue. That's a good one. And I'm just – he's a big dude. He really mm-hmm. is one of a kind in this class. And his stats at Cincinnati were just incredible. I mean, he didn't allow a touchdown. He didn't allow anyone over, like, a certain number of yards. It was very low, though. Yeah. And no one wanted to target him a whole lot, and his his – Stock really flew up this season. I don't know what it was before the season coming into it, but he should be a top 15 pick, and I think he could very well be the first corner off the board. I hope he was there at 14, and while it might be not the smartest pick for the Ravens, as they already have two corners, I think you just can't deny the talent, and with him being the best player there at 14, you got to take him, and whether that be trading Peters or moving Marlon into the slot, I think you can do it, and you can draft him there, and you just you have to have as many corners as possible with the way today's game is, because they can go down just like that, and you could be left with no one to put a corner. But I got one more guy, but I'll let you
1: say who you think for your second yeah. guy. Quick word on Sauce. I mean, talk about, an, he's a freak athlete. Six foot, 200 pounds, six foot, three, 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Probably going to run on the four, fours, four threes. He gave Jameson Williams fits in that semifinal game. Um, stupid, stupid athlete. So. Yeah. um But my last guy that I'm looking forward to, just just to seeing at the combine, is Drake Jackson, edge uh, rusher, outside linebacker from USC. Uh, had to get a little USC bias in there, you know. Had to do it. But in all seriousness, the guy was um, kind of highly touted into the coming into the season. USC obviously had a an awful regular season this year. Grossly underperformed, but. A guy who's a really, really good athlete, uh, they dropped him in the coverage a lot this year, and it's something that I'm really curious as to see how he tests at the combine. Uh, just because I think for the Chargers, second round, it would be a fit in terms of what Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, wants to do being a defensive-minded guy. Yep. It, you can't have enough coverage linebackers, especially in that division in the AFC West with Travis Kelsey, Noah Fant, Darren Waller, all three really special tight ends. So I think coverage linebackers are huge. It, it can allow you allows you to play zone a little better and and disguise your stunts a little better. Um, plus he's a really good athlete, natural natural mover on the edge. Uh, so I'd like to see him how he tests. Uh, see what his strength is at too. What he comes kind of kind of comes in at, height and weight too. Um, I'll let you get to your last guy before we got to wrap up here in the next ten minutes.
0: Yeah, my last guy is also not a position of need for the Ravens, and running back James Cook, who is, if you're wondering, the younger brother of Dalvin Cook, who is a star running back for the Minnesota Vikings, and James Cook is kind of a guy that is in a running back university in the University of Georgia, who has produced Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, a few others that I'm probably forgetting, but... He is a guy that I could see fitting the Ravens, really being that third guy in that running back room. The Ravens already have second, third-year guy, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards, who were both out for the season with Achilles and ACL
1: injuries. That, that Gus bus injury really killed my fantasy <laughs> teams, I won't lie.
0: Yeah, it was, that was one of the worst days, the Tough same one. day that Marcus Peters tore his oh, ACL. Yeah, that's true. But I our our, our third running back, Justice Hill, also tore his ACL, which was lovely. But Cook is just a guy that I could see fit in the Ravens well. I could I want to see him run well this week and change in directions big for the running backs, their shuttle time. I want to see how he stacks up against other guys in the field because I know this running back group this year is really – it's a good group, but they're all so closely rated and projected to go in similar rounds that I want to see someone separate
1: themselves from the pack. Yeah, There's there's really no RB1 People thought it would be Kenneth Walker Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State. Hadn't really separated. Um, elevated his stock, per se. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see someone do it this weekend, like you said. James. It really could be James Cook. Um, but I guess kind of in terms of elevating stock, I'll kind of hit on a guy who I think could elevate his stock. Another Georgia Bulldog, uh, George Pickens. guy who's just had tough injury history. I mean, he oh, yeah. has a really good spring camp. Tears his ACL, one of the last spring practices of the year uh, for Georgia misses basically the entire season, comes back to the SEC championship game, the semifinal against Michigan, and then their eventual natty win against Alabama. Kind of came back to it to have a real super visible impact, but true freshman year, he came onto the scene at Georgia at 18 years old and dominated. He was the, he was the offense. He was the best receiver on the team, Uh, monster, he had a really good sophomore year, and then he did have a couple, I mean, he had a great diving catch against Alabama in the natty. Mm-hmm. Uh, can really take the top off the defense, so I'd like to see what he, I'd like, to see how he tests because I think he could really re elevate himself to that first round pick status that he, that I mean that's the upside for him. It's just the injury history concerns and and where he is, uh, as opposed to the recency bias that you have with some of these other receivers in this class. Um, George Pickens is a guy that could definitely move his stock back up, though.
0: Yeah, definitely. And one guy I have, David Ojabo, the pass rusher opposite of Aiden Hutchinson, who more people know. At the University of Michigan. I like him a lot. He's a really twitchy guy. He's really good friends with the Ravens rookie pass rusher of last year, Odafe Owe. And I think I could see him shooting up boards out of the Ravens range in the top 10 based on how he performs this week. But I think he's one guy that can really help his stock this week at the combine. And I'll get my second guy and then hit it back to you. But Daniel Falele, he is a massive offensive tackle, that's primarily huge. right tackle, out of the University of Minnesota, and going against pretty good competition there in the Big Ten. Um, kind of reminds me of Orlando Brown mm-hmm. from twenty eighteen. Yes, 100%. just a guy that's huge and kind of on the heavier side as well, six eight, six nine, maybe that three sixty range, and. I could see his stock actually going down a good bit here at the Combine, just like Orlando Brown. So a lot of people were talking about Orlando Brown as a late first, maybe even mid-first-round pick, and he ended up going 86 to the Ravens. Now, that was a great pick, but he's a left tackle, and we need someone that can play right tackle, and I think Philele can play that primarily as he played there in college. And I could see his stock going down. Hopefully he's there in the second or at 45 for the Ravens, but I think mid-second round is probably about where he'd go right now.
1: Yeah uh i mean definitely he's gonna make or break his stock he he really couldn't prove it this week if he mm-hmm. tests well i don't it's hard to tell yeah um just knowing what naturally he, how he is as an athlete he may just quote test poorly it's still crazy impressive that he's gonna do that stuff it's six nine three sixty three seventy mm-hmm. um it's still super impressive what he's gonna do athletically just it may not look really impressive compared to what the other guys are doing there um but then a guy, I think, who could really elevate his stock or could really hurt his stock, Boomer Bust again this week, is Tariq Woolen, cornerback out of University of Texas, San Antonio. Historic season for them. Jeff Trailer, great coach uh, for them, head coach. But Woolen's rumored, he got hand time, or electric, electronically timed at a 4-2-0, 40-time. That would be a record. I mean, that would break a record. There's Easy on the screen. Sorry, a little shout-out, Eric Hizukama, monster receiver for Texas Tech. Murdering this drill, of course. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. One three. He liked that. Um But no, I think Wollen, if he really runs in the four twos, he's first of all elevates his stock. But the, the problem then becomes what is he like in the short area quickness? And that's what I was talking about earlier. Guy I want to talk about kind of the three-cone shuttle, that kind of stuff. Just agility drills, if he tests poorly in those, he could be labeled as just a special teams guy. Which is yep. not a problem then. He's still going to the league, making a lot of money, but Guy like him who wants to be a top-flight corner and really could be six foot four, 215 pounds. Running a four-two is ridiculous. Four-two flat, by the way. So if he if he runs well and he runs well in, in his short area quickness stuff, he'll probably be a first rounder. He'll be a, maybe back in early second. Might be, yeah. Um, just with the athletic upside. But I guess Good. we'll kind of wrap up here a little bit. Kind of a couple of loose ends I want to tie off. Uh, my team, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Brett, head coach Brandon Staley actually was at the combine this weekend or this week rather. I guess weekend because it's coming up for the weekend. But did an interview uh, yesterday or today with Good Morning Football and then yesterday at the Combine. Both times basically referencing that star wide receiver Mike Williams, who's a free agent this year, they could franchise tag him or they could sign, resign him to do a long extension. Basically talked about the guy like he's already back on the roster and going to be there for the next however many years to come. So I think he's locked up coming back. I mean, I hope they should, I think they should bring him back, rookie quarterback contract with Herbert. I feel like you have to bring him back, pay that guy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, one more thing I want to talk about, Joe McGuire effect. Texas Tech recruits got their stars the other day, a couple more guys. Bumped them up to the number two recruiting class in the nation for Insane. college football in 2023. Won't stick once the Blue Bloods get their recruits in. Alabama has, like, one commit right now. USC's got, like, two or three. Um, they should finish top 15 to 25, which would be incredible. It's crazy what he's doing in year one. He's been on the job for four months, basically, recruiting. Shout out Joe McGuire. Takes a great selfie. Uh, met the guy. Super cool. Oh, yeah. Um, he's awesome, but I'll, I'll let you wrap up with what you want to talk about loose ends was.
0: Yeah, and I just, being a Ravens fan, the Eric DaCosta, the Ravens GM, also talked at the Combine this week and had about a 20-minute presser, and basically he talked about the need for offensive line, and that was leading to me talking about Daniel Falele, and Charles Cross, and they just need guys that can block. And it sounds simple, but at the <laughs> highest level, it's harder, easier said than done, and the Ravens. Didn't get a whole lot of doing this year. Probably the worst O-line in the NFL, and it was tough when you have a really MVP a couple years ago trying to play behind that offensive line. And I think we're going to go to O-line and defensive backs along with D-line. He also mentioned his desire to re-sign defensive end Calais Campbell, who said that he was coming back after watching the Senior Bowl, I believe it was. And – he wants to come back, and so hopefully the Ravens can get him on a one-year deal deal or something and have him retire a Raven. Um, but the last thing I'm to close out with, Andrew Jones. Drew Jones. Uh, Drew Jones, yeah. Yep. Andrew Jones' son. Yep. He plays for a high school team, and he is the highest-ranked baseball prospect in the country. They had a road game this past week, and there was a viral camera angle from behind home plate of a video of all the fans in the stands chanting "overrated." You do that all the time, no matter what sport. If there's someone you're playing or a team that's highly touted or highly ranked, and they're kind of just not doing great or whatever, well, he casually hits a bomb, probably like 420 to dead center, and everyone just shuts up. I mean, and on he,
1: Corks one to he dead center,
0: unloaded one, and awesome. just the chance stopped awfully quickly. But it was just awesome
1: yeah. to see and kind of. Broke Twitter the other day, but it was, it was yeah. really cool to see. Yeah. He, he sounds like he may be the first overall pick and then will be a draft out of high school. Shout he out that be. kid. He could be, yeah. Uh, Drew Jones, definite baller. The fact that he did that silenced the crowd.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pimps the homer a little bit too, a little bat flip. He did, yeah. So shout out Drew Jones. That guy's a – he will probably never see this, hear this clip, but shout out Drew Jones. That guy's, yeah, a, guy's a baller. But, yeah, I
0: think that that's pretty much it. We covered a lot of stuff today. I'm yeah. sure we'll have a lot of stuff to cover next week with the conclusion of the Combine. But thank you all for listening. We're really excited to get this podcast going. It's something we both wanted to do for a long time, and Mm -hmm. I'm finally glad we can bring it to fruition and kind of get it kicked off here with the first true episode. And we'll be back next week with what's whatever's the latest and greatest going on, or maybe not so great in the sports world. Yep. Uh, You got any final words?
1: No, I just echo what you said. Really excited to get this going. Uh, Super geek that we did this first episode today. Something I've always wanted to do, like Brett said. uh, Me too. Always wanted to do it. Super excited to get this going with Brett, and uh, it's going to be an awesome time. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.
0: Yeah, see you guys.